listening to Real Talk SLP with your host, Felice Clark, the Deviling Speechy. This is a show to help speech pathologists navigate the SLP world with real-life stories to celebrate therapy successes and how to persevere when failure comes knocking on your door. So if you are listening to this podcast episode in your car or on a walk or somewhere where you're not near a computer, come back later after you've listened to the episode to get blog post links about the different activities and you can read about those further. Before we start talking about the low prep activities, I want to tell you guys about this new thing that I like to put in my coffee every morning. It helps me with brain function. It gives me antioxidants. Um, It tastes yummy and it's keto friendly. So I'm not feeling guilty about putting any like super sugary stuff in my coffee. And that is Chagachino. I will put a affiliate link for you to try it. Um, when you go to checkout, you can get 10% off with the code drink up. They just released a new matcha tea and they sent me some. So I'm going to be trying that hopefully, um, and doing it on Instagram so you can see what it tastes like, but I love adding it to my coffee. It's, um, a superfood mushroom that's been ground up with cinnamon and, and some, and monk fruit and some other, flavors and you put it in your coffee with cream and it tastes super delicious. I drink it every morning. It helps me stay focused. So when I have to record podcast episodes like this or write blog posts where I need to use my brain or write curriculum for you guys, um, I know I can do it with my full capabilities. So if you have a lot of IEPs happening and your energy is low and you don't want to get sick from germs, Put some chocolate in your coffee, stir it up, add some, you can drink it hot or iced, and you're going to get those healthy antioxidants that's going to help you do your job every day. All right, so let's talk about low prep activities for your mixed groups. Now, one of the one of the things that I go to a lot, and I often save these types of activities for when I am just overloaded, because the last thing you want when you're overloaded with all the other things on your your caseload management tasks is kids not into your therapy, because when your kids aren't engaged, therapy is a drag. It's not fun, right? It's not fun for for you managing, you know, trying to get the kids to do their work. And, you know, and it really isn't fun for the kids too because they're off tasks. They're not getting, you know, the practice that they need. And so usually around this time, I will often ditch flashcards. I try to ditch worksheets unless it's really aligned with an engaging activity um, because I'm really focusing on keeping my relationship good with my students and reminding them that speech therapy sessions are fun. You get to learn a lot during that time. And, you know, and we, we start to notice this too, as we get closer to spring break, the kids are needing the break too. Everybody needs a break. So we're trying to maintain that in the week or two before spring break that, Hey, let's get through this. Let's do some, let's get some practice in, but let's also have a little fun. Um, and one way that I do that is I use wordless short videos or really cool science videos or whatever type of interest your groups may have. Go on YouTube and do a little research and you may be able to find a really good video. Um, I love using Simon's Cat 
wordless short videos because they have some for any time of the year. In fact, I have been making Simon's Cat cheat sheets for you all so that you can use these with mixed groups without stressing about selecting targets. And it comes with visuals and graphic organizers. I made a winter one and a Valentine's Day one that I will link in the show notes. And I'm almost finished with a spring themed Simon's Cat cheat sheet. Um, You can also look for other wordless short videos. Um, I do have a free spring YouTube Google slide presentation where I I have all the best songs, all the best book read-alouds, language videos, wordless short videos, videos you could use with social pragmatics that are spring-related. So I will link that in the show notes so you can get that download. And it's all in one nice Google slide, so everything is put together um, and you don't have to go hunting around for it. But that is what I would use because you can you can even look on Edpuzzle or create your own Edpuzzle with some of these YouTube videos and create you know, answers or not answers, questions, or, or you can pause the video for a discussion point and get a lot out of those videos. Kids like them, but you're not necessarily doing a worksheet while you're discussing the concepts from the video or the wordless short. All right. Number two, the second low prep activity you can do with your mixed groups is use books. You can get books at the library. You can borrow books from your teacher. You can buy your own books. <laughs> you can go to a thrift store and try to find some really good books on sale. If you have not been using books in therapy, you got to start using them. There's so much information out there on how to use books beyond just answering WH questions. And what, what I love about books is that a lot of them, especially if you if you pick a really good book, I have a lot of different reasons why I choose certain books for different groups. That's why if I plan a theme, I typically will pick two books per age range so that I have about four to, you know, I'll have six, at least six. I try to do at least three books for a theme, but I'll try to have three to six books that I can choose from that I can use interchangeably with the different groups. And the reason why I like books is because not only is it great for reading, phonological awareness, comprehension, you know, all language, vocabulary, all those really core, you know, foundations for language, receptive and expressive language, is that I can feel confident pulling a book off the shelf and know that even if I don't have visuals prepped, and I don't have, you know, a book companion prepped, um, I can target a lot of different skills, especially if there's vibrant pictures. We can use the pictures in the book to work on um, creating sentences, answering WH questions, talking about vocabulary that could be represented in the pictures. And I can use the book with my whiteboard or with my post-it notes and I can get a lot of different, you know, I can get a lot of different goals covered. I especially get a lot of different goals covered with books when I pull out the cheat sheets that I have made from the Theme Therapy SLP membership. They have WH questions, they have verbs to target, tier two vocabulary, um, all the different speech sounds from the book, 
concepts and and for social pragmatics, antonyms, synonyms, all that stuff. You don't have to you don't have to worry about thinking of that on the spot. You'll just pull the cheat sheet out and use it with your students. Um, so when you're in a jam or you had a meeting, an IEP meeting goes short, and now you got to take the next group, and you didn't really plan for them. Grab a book off the shelf. If you are interested in having these fabulous book cheat sheets, check out my theme therapy SLP membership by going to www.themetherapyslp.com and sign up for a monthly or an annual subscription. I make um, three, three units, three themed units per month. And they go from preschool to fifth grade. And one of the things that is in every unit are book cheat sheets and book story maps ready to go so that you can use those in therapy. All right. I feel like I talked a lot about those books. But if, yeah, if you, and if you go to my website too um, and type in books, you'll find blog posts, which I will link in the show notes for shared book reading strategies and different books that I recommend for different themes. Though I will put some of those blog posts in there so that you can go check those out. I just posted a new spring speech and language blog post where I list out a bunch of different spring books that I recommend. So I will link that in the show notes for you. All right. Last and certainly not least, because this is one of my favorite ways to do therapy is using games. Um, we all know how to use games, right? We we've, it's one of our, it's one of our, uh, I don't even know the right word for it, but it's one of our go-to tools for when we have mixed groups. We pull the game out, Lids and Lizards, or Go Fish, or Candyland, and we pull out our flashcards and have everyone take their turn and practice their speech or language target. That is the classic way that I remember doing my grad school internship with mixed groups was pulling out a game to keep everybody happy while everyone was practicing their speech or language goals. Now, I am not about to dis on that way at all. I use that method as well. There is a time and a place for it all. But if I'm guessing correctly or assuming, you've probably been doing this method for several, several months this year. And now maybe it's time to switch things up. Or maybe you've been feeling like you haven't been adequately working on students' speech or language goals. And that's where you're going to want to take the shift of the game. Look at the game as a therapy tool. And what I love to do the most is look at my games and think about how can I turn this into a teachable moment or into a therapy activity using the pieces of the game. And so, for example, if you guys all have the game Lids and Lizards, um, it's a great game. It's it's very much, it's by Super Duper Publications and it's already embedded to target categories, describing goals. So it's already a great game because you know that you can target several language goals with that. You, whenever they pick up the picture, they look under the, the lid, they can use it in a sentence with their their morpho, you know, morphological target. They could use it to describe by attributes. They could answer a WH question. They could name the category group and then list other items in the category group. So this game is already ready to go to target a lot of language goals. But you don't just have language kids in half your goal, yeah, half your groups, right? You have speech sound 
kids in your groups too. So how could you adapt this game to make sure that they're getting high targets? Well, before you can go to my blog post and download some printables that I made so that you can use this game all year long because it's a perfect game for kids working on L because it's lids and lizards, but maybe you're doing a spring theme or a bug theme. And so now you can make it lids and ladybugs or lids and leprechauns. So I will link that game in the show notes and you can download those printables so you can use it all year long. And, not, and, you know, you take the lizards out and instead you put the ladybugs under the lids or you put the lifeguards under the lids. And what I would do if you have, if you're using a game like that, I would look to see what goals are coming in and come up with a sound loaded phrase that you could use when they're having their turns. Or before you even play the game, maybe you hid some of the lizards around the room and everyone has, we have to go find them every, before we can, you know, find them, we have to practice our speech sounds or our language targets this many times. Then you guys get up and go hunt around and you can somehow get them to say their L sounds or whatever sound they're working on even more while you, while you collect all the lizards or all the ladybugs or all the leprechauns, whatever the printable is that you're using. And then you set up the game. And as you're playing the game, you know, if you have kids working on basic concepts, you're going to maybe work on under. You got kids working on AAC core boards. Look, turn. What? I got, I didn't get a, no lizard. So Think about the goals that are coming into your room and look at the game and see how you can adapt it for those goals. Um, And that way you're getting in those repetitions or those meaningful opportunities in a way that is motivating and engaging for your students. So if you are looking for more game ideas like lids and lizards, I'm going to link those as well in the show notes. I have blog posts for Apples to Apples Junior which is a great game, especially for your upper elementary students. I have blog posts for Bubble Talk. I just did a blog post on Zingo, and that game is highly versatile and adaptable, so you want to check that out. If you have a a request for me to write a blog post about a game, email me at feliceclark at thedabblingspeechy.com, or you can even reach out to me on social media at thedabblingspeechy to share your request. But that's the, these are, this is the little recap and then we're going to head out. So I want you to use, look for wordless shorts or science videos or any cool video that is interesting to your students. The link to get the YouTube videos for spring is in this show notes episode. Use books to target speech and language goals and look at your games as therapy tools and plan an activity or play the game in a different way than the rules on the game. And that is, those are the, those are my three low prep activities you can do with mixed groups to help you any time of the year when you're feeling stressed or you're just tired of planning therapy. So if you enjoyed this episode, please go leave a review on the Real Talk Esplay podcast or reach out to me on social media at The Dabbling Speechy to let me know what you were enjoying, what topics you would like me to talk about in the future, and uh, or just to say hi. 
So as always, SLPs, be the SLP that every kid wants to see. And I will talk with you later.